It's an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the laws are complicated and constantly changing, the wisest and safest way to keep track of them all is to call elder law attorney Michael Cohen. Having devoted his career to informing and protecting the elderly, Michael communicates about the law in ways that you and your loved ones will surely understand. Join us now to know your legal rights with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here's Michael and Don. Welcome once again to Know Your Legal Rights. My name is Don Crawford, Jr., the grateful owner of KWAM Radio, and I'm sitting with Dallas Elder Law Attorney Michael Cohen. Hello, Michael. Hello, Don, but we're not actually sitting together. We're doing things again remotely, as we had the last several weeks. Uh, uh, but So, yes, uh, we're sitting, uh, but we're sitting in different states. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I'm so used to saying that. <laughs> it was almost uh, subconscious when it came out. And uh, we are together in spirit. We are together in purpose. But, yeah, I guess physically we're not face-to-face, which I wish we were. And we all know why we're not together uh, during this pandemic. But um, the show must go on. And your business is still up and not only up and running, but thriving based on the conversation we had before the show today. And I'm thrilled to hear that because that's extremely important to me, almost as it is important to you. And But you've made uh, some changes in how you do business. Uh, makeshift changes or permanent changes, and um, so much so that you can still have your workshops. And why don't you explain to the audience what has changed there so they know about the next coming workshop? Well, I mean, we do a lot of things now, just like so many other businesses, do things virtually. And mm-hmm. so, so a lot of times, we, if some people want to do, like, like when we have conferences now, we have conferences by telephone for some. Mm-hmm. And for some others, we do it uh, virtually, wherever you get on, if you happen to have a laptop or whatever, where you could see us and I could see you if you want me to see you, uh, then we just have our conversations that way and kind of explain. So if we have to draw something, that they could see how things affect them. Well, similarly, the, the uh, workshop is the same way, except for there will be a group of people. And so some people uh, don't mind if there are cameras on them and other people just want to be in listen mode and don't want to see. Uh, but a lot of times people just want to hear uh, and see what what questions there are that may affect the others as well as, as themselves, and if they want to go to one of those workshops and they just sign up. Uh, so anyway, we always ask people what they want to know about estate planning. Uh, so, you know, nowadays we have to be um, more, more people are conscious now than ever about what is everything, is their house in order in effect? Uh, it, whether it's having all their insurance documents or their estate planning documents, uh, is everything all okay? Because I got an email from a client yesterday that said, um, you know, I'm about to go in the hospital. I want to make sure all these things are taken care of. And so uh, she had, and so I wrote down all the list of the estate planning documents she had, what each one of those things did about her health information uh, as far as what documents were needed for that. Um, I told her about her insurance documents, uh, maybe some things about financial, her identity. Um, 
it, it, you know, documents, things like that that you may need when you go to the hospital. Uh, not to mention there's other things that you might need, just miscellaneous things uh, that you might need that, that uh, what you should have and be prepared if you're uh, in a hospital. So, you know, there's lots of different things that go involved. And, you know, so to me, we do things, we could do things either uh, virtually or the old-fashioned way where people just talk like we're talking today. Which is excellent and very helpful. And we wanted to go back to um, estate planning 101. And just, it's almost like when we were talking before the program, there's kind of a checklist of at least things you should consider having um, or you should have. And it's a long one, but as you and I discussed, these are things that are maybe triggers for individuals, for them to consider on their end what would apply to their individual circumstances and perhaps occasion them to want to attend your next workshop, which is Thursday, April the 30th at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. We'll talk about the workshop shortly, but, Michael, why don't you talk about general estate planning documents for the audience, if you can? Well, you know, nowadays, uh, first of all, most people think of a will, uh, and certainly those that's important. Uh, if you don't have one, just about everybody should have one. Um, will, uh, of course, you might say, well, how are you going to get it signed now? Of course, we talked about on last week's show that the governor signed a bill where you could do things virtually. How we, you know, we talked about how we're having conference calls virtually. Now you can even have a will signed where the notary is um, like I am here and you're uh, someplace else. Uh, the notary, if, uh, if I'm the notary, I could um, uh, just see that you have identification and go through the formalities, but you could do things online now. Well, so a will is important um, for uh, everybody to have in place, of course. Uh, if, and if, if there's amendments, uh, sometimes there's codicils, which is like there's an amendment. You still have to go through the formalities, by the way. When I say the formalities, that means that you have to sign, you have to be over the age of 18 unless you're married or uh, somebody in the military, and you, the witnesses have to be over 14, and you have to sign in that person's presence in the presence of each other if it's a traditional type will and not a handwritten type will. Um, the... Um, so the the uh, codicils you have to have. Some people have trust. Now, good news about trust is that you know you don't have to have it notarized like you would uh, on a will. So some people want to avoid probate, uh, and so they have various types of trust. Um, there's not just one trust. It's like there's not one just one will. You know, some people think, oh, I'll just have a, a will and that's all it is, and everybody uses the exact same will. No, that's not true. Um, so you have things, different people have things, the way they want to protect their family. If they're, uh, either their family is, uh, their spouse gets remarried, you know, you know, I would say, oh, my spouse is not going to remarry, whatever. And they may not care about that, but the great majority of uh, spouses do remarry. Uh, it, the ones who got either were, wi- were either widowed or divorced um, sub- subsequently. So there are a lot of times people want to protect the uh, uh, family, the children. Uh, in any event, a trust is uh, something that uh, a lot of people have, and you have the same types of protections except for avoidance of probate. Uh, you also, the biggest mistake with trust, by the way, is that people fail to fund the trust. So right now, if you're sitting at home and you have a trust, you might say, well, what does failing to fund the trust mean? That means they didn't retitle the assets in the name of the trust. This is the biggest mistake that most people make when they have a trust. 
So in other words, if you have a checking account, uh, instead of it being in your individual name, it should be usually in the name of the trust. The problem is the hassle of going to, to change the names of the accounts into the name of the trust. The next thing would be uh, if you have a durable power of attorney. Now, I say durable. Uh, I'm talking about a financial power of attorney. Durable means it's good even during disability. So it's kind of a disability planning device. If you're in the hospital, who's going to take care of the bills while you're in the hospital? Well, the, let's say you have an IRA. Well, that's an individual retirement account, an individual retirement account. So that means it's yours individually. Who has the authority to deal with that? Well, if you don't have a financial power of attorney, just because you're married or something like that, doesn't mean that that person has any authority over your individual retirement account. Even if you wanted to sell your house, let's say you have a house with your spouse. If you became disabled and you're hospitalized and you wanted to sell the house and you lacked mental capacity, well, how are you going to be able to sell that property? Though? The spouse owns a community property interest, bought it together. Then how would, and even if you didn't, they have a life state interest. So basically what that means is you need to have a financial power of attorney for somebody to be able to act for you during your disability. Now, power of attorney, I should mention, terminates on death. I had somebody yesterday, they said, oh, stepfather died, and the will said that since mom died first, We'll just take care of transferring the property to ourselves because we have a power of attorney. I said, sorry, that doesn't work that way. A power of attorney terminates on death, and then you have the will. That means that the will had to be probated for the assets to be the house, in this case, to be transferred to the stepchildren. Anyway, so a financial power of attorney terminates on death. But, of course, in these days, with a lot of people going to the hospital, these uh, uh, with COVID-19, medical powers of attorney. Who makes medical decisions for you if you cannot make them for yourself? Uh, that's a uh, not to be confused with a living will, as, or as we call a directive to physicians. A directive to physicians or a living will is the pull-the-plug instrument that says, okay, don't keep me alive artificially. If I'm going to die within six months, even with medical assistance, don't use any heroic measures. Let me die as gently as possible. A medical power attorney, you might be just, um, you might be out of it, and but you're, it's not life or death. So you're saying this is the pecking order, the order of people that I would want to make the medical decisions for me if I could not make them for myself. The uh, another thing you could do is if you thought that there was going to somebody was going to contest either one of those powers of attorney the financial or the medical power of attorney, is to have a declaration of guardian in the event that you were incompetent or needed at a later date. So let's say you had a child as your agent, and um, one of the other children said, no, I want to take care of mom or dad, whoever it was that signed that power of attorney, and I think I should be taking care of mom and dad and their assets, uh, uh, emphasis on the assets. So the, the idea is that uh, guardianship supersedes powers of attorney. But you could have a document that says, look, court, I'm of sound mind now. If I ever need a guardian at a later time, it's not like you're getting a guardian at the time you sign the document. It says, if I ever need one at a later date, I'm of sound mind, and um, this is what I choose to do. Here's the pecking order that I want. I don't want to have a bunch of attorneys 
attorney for mom, attorney for me, attorney for my sibling, all fighting it out. The only ones that win there are, are the attorneys. So we don't want to do that. We want to reduce risk and just say, I want, this is the order that I want. Of course, any document that you could do, you have to look and see if there's uh, any undue influence. In other words, if the child, uh, there is always the risk that something could be over, you know, could be contested. I was talking to somebody yesterday that the parent signed a special type of deed. Uh, we've talked about ladybird deeds in the past where it all went to the house, all went to one child. I told the son, I said, well, uh, I want you to know, though, that the problem you might have is that if you were there when parents signed that deed and you're the only one getting the property, that it could be overturned for undue influence. We talked about that. Remember, we talked in the radio sh show about uh, uh, Knives Out, the... The, uh, the movie? Yeah, mm -hmm. the movie. We talked about mm -hmm. that in, I think, December or somewhere mm -hmm. a few months ago. We talked about the legal things that were in that movie. Uh, so uh, here, again, in, the, in that movie, the uh, one of the people who worked for at the wealthy man's home was the beneficiary of his will. Mm -hmm. uh, and the... Um, uh, that one might be in Texas. That might see it's not a natural bounty of affection, uh, so that could be considered a, uh, without her even having any undue influence, it might be presumptive that there may have been undue influence. Uh, at least it could be uh, enough for a court action. Right. Uh, here, uh, here, if one child benefits, and the, usually where there's always a problem is that one kid gets more than somebody else, that's when it usually results in problems. So uh, anyway, uh, so on any of these documents, it's not to say it can't be done. It's just that you have to worry about there can things could be overturned either for, for on equitable grounds, either lack of capacity, uh, undue influence, duress. Uh, anyway, so Declaration of Guardian, the Ventilator Encompasser Need is a document that says if I ever need a guardian, this is who I want the order to reduce risk of legal fees and court actions. Uh, you could designate a burial agent, uh, you know, so the so you don't have to worry about um, either the funeral home saying that they're in charge or if there's a dispute amongst the family. Remember, we talked on our one of our shows about a Tatiana Jefferson, how there was the dispute amongst the family members, the parent who wanted uh, a small private service, and other family members who wanted to have it at Potter's Church after she was the. Uh, one, Fort Worth? Uh, yeah, the mm -hmm. one in Fort Worth where mm -hmm. the police officer yeah. shot her through the window. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a dispute in the family. Uh, the, the father went to court and was successful because she had not designated a burial agent. And so even if the father had been um, estranged from her under law, you go by what the law is. And so mm -hmm. the, since she didn't have a spouse or children that were adults, then he got to be the one to make the choice, even because he was the closest relative even if that may not have been what she perhaps would have wanted. So that's called a designation of burial agent. Sometimes there's uh, disputes with the uh, funeral home. Uh, sometimes the funeral home takes action. Uh, I don't know, I think we talked about one time last year about how um, how a wrestling had exhumed the body of a parent and moved it someplace else without talking to one of the children. And wrestling, uh, uh, I believe it was, got sued, and uh, they had... They, there was a judgment against Restland for 
failing. If they had a designation of burial agent, it would have made things a lot simpler. Uh, so that's where that thing could have been uh, taken care of. Of course, a HIPAA. That's the if you're in a uh, you know hospital, uh, you know who can the hospital talk to or who can the doctors talk to. Every time you go to the doctor's office, you have to sign one of those documents. Uh, so this would give the authority, even, and if it's something, we do universal, I call it universal HIPPOs. In other words, it's good even after you die. It's an authorization to release information even after you die. So if the hospital unfortunately screwed up, they put you next to a COVID-19 patient, you came in there for knee surgery and you got uh, COVID-19 and died, uh, well, we say, oh, we don't have authority to talk to you. Well, a HIPAA said, yes, we do. We do have the authority to talk to you, so you have a right. The, the relatives would have a right to know. So you might. We do a one that says, okay, for several years after the person dies, that the whoever it is that we trust and these people, my family, can have access to my medical records, even uh, after my death. Whereas a medical power of attorney, which we also have HIPAA language in, in other words, the access to medical records. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the hip, the medical power of attorney terminates on death. Powers of attorney, as we said earlier, terminate upon your passing. Right. So, uh, so the HIPAA would good, be good even after you die. So those are pretty, mm. those are all pretty basic documents <clears throat> that everybody should have. And some of the things that I'm sure a lot of people say, well, what I don't understand, uh, what does trust do? I'm not sure. Whatever. So those are the type of things that people ask about a lot of times. Not besides things like public benefits and. What do you need uh, during lifetime? But um, you know, those are the type of things that a lot of times people ask about at the workshops. No doubt about it. And um, the thing I need to ask about is: Do you talk in your sleep? Because uh, my goodness, you really can talk, but in a great way. You provide so much information, and I've said to the audience for years and years now that you don't read anything. You just you look at a word to remind yourself to talk about things. And at the most, but most, but most of it is in your head, and, and you just demonstrated that for the first 15 minutes of this program, and that's why so many of the individuals listening to this program should attend your next workshop online, a virtual workshop, basically, which is Thursday, April the 30th, and you'll see for yourself if you want to do video conferencing, or you're here for yourself if you just want to do the audio portion, because again, Michael has set it up where you don't have to be seen, you don't have to see, you can just listen, you can do it the old-fashioned radio way, which is just using your ears and not your eyes to participate and um, be fed from that broadcast or from, in Michael's case, from the workshop. And Michael, how would they, um, how would they attend the workshop and sign up for it? All you have to do is call our office at 214-720-01. O two. That's two one four seven two zero zero one zero two for the free estate planning essentials workshop, or sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com. Uh, we, as you said, it, it's a free two-hour estate planning workshop. We ask, you ask whatever it is you want to know. What's on your mind? Is there something that you want to get taken care of uh, to make sure during this time of the pandemic? that uh, now more than ever, estate planning is important. So is it something, is there some questions uh, that you have taken care of? Um, the, um, you know, so whatever it is you want to know, it could be about, well, what happens if I had to be uh, going to a nursing home? What happens if I had to, you know, what it could be anything. 
It could be anything. Uh, so, um, the whatever whatever you want to know, you ask the questions, and for two hours, you'll listen to not only what questions that you may want to have answered, but what you'll see what others questions they may have that may make you think about things that you might not have thought about. It's free. It's no obligation. Uh, if you do go to the free estate planning essentials workshop, then uh, and I say go, that means you just be from your own home or wherever you are, uh, that you're just sitting on the, on the phone or at your laptop, uh, that you'll basically just, um, uh, you'll also get a free vision meeting, no obligation again, uh, but only if you go to the workshop. And that free vision meeting is one-on-one, right? So yeah, yeah, one-on-one. So then mm-hmm. either the vision meeting could just be on the, nowadays, it'll be uh, either on the phone or you could just do a, uh, you could be on your laptop and have a virtual meeting, just like we were talking about everything nowadays. These, You know, we talked about now, uh, and we do use it on the virtual ones. We do it not, um, we do it on a more secure place than Zoom. Uh, I know Zoom is the most popular thing, but we make it simple. All you have to do is click on a button. We make it really easy for you. We give you instructions. We will walk it through for you. We're basically, if you want to do it visually, uh, or virtually, rather, uh, so it's audio, uh, video, uh, it's on a completely uh, encrypted, secure uh, uh, platform so that we don't have the worries that, uh, as we may have talked about last week uh, for Zoom, as you know, Zoom had some issues with um, privacy and stuff like that. So we, we we decided not to use Zoom, but it's, it's it's the same type of thing where you could see other people. Uh, and uh, if you want, if there's more than one person on the on the on the phone and um, or on the line or on the platform at that same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so in any event. Um, w- the uh, the bottom line is we make it easy for you and it's secure. So go to DallasElderLawyer.com, DallasElderLawyer.com. You can type in, uh, you can Google Michael's name, Michael Cohen, C O H E N, Dallas Lawyer, and it'll come up immediately as well if you want to reference him that way. So it's nice and simple. Again, everything is free and it's an invaluable education for you, just like this program is um, every week when you do it. And we're doing it now. Um, every week uh, or more at times because there's so much fluid information and things changing regarding the pandemic and and COVID-19 that we want to keep people current and demonstrate and prove to the world that we as a radio station and Michael as a business is evolving and accommodating uh, his existing and his potential clients. And, uh, you know, Michael, I was thinking when you were talking of the phrase DNA, and we know that I learned this in science class many, many years ago, deoxyribonucleic acid. And I don't know why I remembered it, but I liked science for some odd reason. But I was also thinking of the, the acronym DNA, and that was do not assume. Um, because there was so much that you were saying in the beginning of the, the first half of the program about the listeners assuming, well, if this happens, well, I have the power of attorney, I just do this and I just do that. And, and you say again, not so fast, my friend, as the great Lee Corso would say. And then you, provide them with the necessary correction and redirection because they did assume because of what they read, what they saw online, what someone told them, what legal zoom did for them. And that can be a really dangerous minefield, if not huge, irreparable mistake. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, even on Zoom, which is what mo- the most popular platform. Uh, I don't know if you've heard, but of course there was. Um, first of all, Zoom originally, although they corrected some things, gave privacy information to Facebook. Oh my! Uh, even if that's what the California lawsuit was about. Wow! And so there was a lawsuit there. The FBI. There's also, if you don't do have certain precautions, then people were. Um, could do what they call Zoom bombing, where they could, some people would say some, uh, so anybody else could join in if, uh, if you had it, hadn't closed it or locked it and done the necessary precautions. So people might say some uh, insensitive remarks. Uh, we wrote an article about this, by the way, that uh, should be in our one of our blogs that just went out uh, this past Friday. Um, anyway, the... Uh, uh, and, and so there was these problems. The FBI had warnings. So luckily, uh, through quite frankly, through my uh, SEO type person, uh, they had warned us about this before the, even the lawsuit occurred. Mm. So we um, uh, had um, had decided to go, knowing that things were going to be going remote in March. Uh, we in advance had prepared and planned to make a more secure platform. For to have confidentiality and privacy that's so, you know, so much needed for attorneys or CPAs or financial advisors because there's things that, you know, everything that uh, obviously when a, when I talk to people, um, it's obviously strictly confidential. So, right. um, so uh, we want to make sure that it's secure. We don't have the just in-face person option that we've had in the past uh, at this time. Everything's you know cutting remote. I was telling you before the show that I said, oh, we're even having a hearing. Uh, for probating a will uh, where we're doing it remotely. So now you can do that remotely besides signing a power of attorney or a medical power of attorney or, or signing a will remotely. I'm even having a hearing where the judge is at one spot. And, uh, I'm going to be maybe in uh, my bedroom uh, pr- proving it up with them and the client someplace else. The world is changing, uh, mm-hmm. at least temporarily, and maybe changing. Um, I'm sure it will change again. You know, things that we've done that we didn't do before, we might be doing in the future uh, just because of technology, just like on the, uh, just like on having uh, these workshops uh, remotely. So uh, that's just the way it is. We Mm -hmm. have to adjust. Yep, the show must go on, like we said at the beginning, and um, so will yours, so will the workshops, and um, so will your practice. So that's the great news. And perhaps for the better in a lot of ways. Um, it's awful how many people are, have been confirmed sick, how many people have passed away. It's just unthinkable. And our hearts go out to them, and we pray for those families of those individuals and friends and, and pray that they also don't contract the disease. Uh, but in the meantime, um, Michael still has to serve those individuals, especially your existing and potential clientele, because they are closer to death as each day goes by, and the likelihood of maybe getting the disease is, is greater just because it's it's taking over the world in, in, in an unthinkable way. So yeah, we, um, you know, we even order masks for when we we're hopeful hopeful that things will pass. But we even order masks today, so when things do get better, that we'll have masks for clients, even if they didn't bring their own. Although they're going to be probably having their own, but we're going to have for masks for people who uh, who don't have their own. Uh, for if they when things do come back to normal, great. Yeah, That's smart. And um, the the future is now. I mean, we can't escape it, and we don't know how long this is going to last. Probably a lo- much longer than we hoped, unfortunately. So, uh, in the meantime, continue with your life, protect your assets, make sure 
uh, things are carried out the way you want them to while you're alive and after you pass away by attending next, Michael's next workshop on Thursday, April the 30th at 1 o'clock. Go to DallasElderLawyer.com, DallasElderLawyer.com, or dial 214-720-0102, 214-720-0102. Dallas Elder Law Attorney Michael Cohen, thank you, sir. Thank you, Don. A leading estate planner practicing law in Dallas, Texas for decades now, Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the estate planning laws that can affect your family and you. The first step is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com to sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. Or you can also call him by dialing 214 720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. A talk show host on 770 KAAM for six years, Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate and complete what could currently be a deficient estate plan. Make sure it is done your way and sign up for his next workshop today 